Hey, welcome to the One Up podcast and another monthly indie showcase. It is July and this month I am joined by Becky. Hi. And Ben. Hi. And I am Bash because sometimes I forget to say that. This is the second of our new indie showcase series and as is going to be the tradition for the new folks when they join the series we're going to do some you know some little questions before we get into what we've been playing in the indie scene and what we're excited about on the indie scene. So Becky talk to me about indie games what do you like about them what do you look for in an indie game and give me like a couple of your favorites. Doesn't have to be two or three, as we found last <laughs> month. No one, it's it's just carnage these days yeah. when we set these things. So, you know, just, just hit me with a few of your faves. I, I mean, to be fair, though, I am a relatively new indie scene gamer. I say relatively new, like the past few years or so. So I probably don't have as much of a history as everyone else. It's mainly Stardew, which we know because we've talked about that on the podcast before. And, you know, for things that I look for... I love a good story, so something like Oxen Free, which was I just loved, like something that's like nice and ambiguous but toothy, and you can get stuck into it. But I also really love simulator games, which is something we've also talked about plenty of times on this podcast. I very much have a type, and I find that you know indie simulator games, whether it's farming simulators or graveyard simulators, as we'll get onto in a bit. Like I, I really love the kind of the imagination and the innovation that goes into creating an indie game from a team of developers who might not have quite so many restrictions on them as they would if they were working within one of the big companies. So so yes, that's kind of where I'm at. I just like something that's gonna make me laugh or will make me cry. That's another one. And something that I can really get lost in. I love it. And Ben, same to you. Yeah, I, th- I don't think I'm that dissimilar to, to Becky, to be honest. Like, I was just, when I was trying to come up with some indie games that, like, I really love, like, a lot of them are kind of things that I've discovered on my Switch. So that's only, like, the last five or six years. And, yeah, I, I definitely have a type <laughs> when it comes to indie games because I actually had a couple of lists going and they were both just roguelites, basically. <laughs> um, and I was just like, I need, to, I need to, you know, broaden this up. I think what I love about indie games is, like, you just get these slightly weird odd games that you know these premises are these these things that you just wouldn't see happen you know in AAA games where it can all feel a bit similar just with a different skin i say this as someone who's picked a lot of roguelites on my list <laughs> but yeah i think for me a big thing is something that i can just pick up and play i think all the games that i've kind of shortlisted or whatever bar one are all games that you can just pick up and just just go straight into a game and start playing you know whether that's a platforming game or something that's a bit more actiony just being able to just go straight into something and not have to go through loads of menus or figure out what last happened um if it was a narrative game yeah i think that's just my brain though <laughs> thinking about it yeah something quick is what i like and very replayable hey i mean we like what we like mm. at the end of the day nothing wrong nothing wrong with having a type you said uh, that was full of roguelites what what's What's your favourites on there, though, still? Um, how many roguelikes have I got here? So I feel like the one the one that had to be in was Slay the Spire, which mm-hmm. I've just yeah. played way too much of, as anyone who knows me will probably know, because I never stop talking about it. <laughs> and, it's and, so good, though. Yeah, it is. It's so good. I don't know. I think it's just during lockdown. I just got really into it and then started speedrunning it. But I've, I've never been a 
like a massive player of card games. You know, I've never really got into like magic or anything like that. And yet I just love Slay the Spire. It's probably gonna make me try more traditional card games just because I love it so much. <laughs> I just getting welling up thinking about it. It's, it's it comes back to that thing I was going on about before. It's I can just pick it up and just just start playing it. And I think because I played it that much, it's all second nature now. It's kind of just I'm not even making decisions. I'm just tapping buttons, and it feels really nice. Mm, I found um, that because I've I've been playing that again recently because I just needed something to. I was in a real gaming funk, and I just needed something to latch onto. So I got back into Slay the Spire, and yeah, it just I think after like the second or third run. I was just back into the swing of it completely and was like, oh yeah, I need I need this card. And then if I get a shiv here and I use it with this poison and yeah, it just all came flooding back. It's so good. Yeah, Slay the Spire, I think. I don't really know anyone that picks it up and doesn't become obsessed with it at some point. I mean, funnily enough, I just repurchased it in the <laughs> Steam summer sale. Nice. I say repurchased it. I never had actually purchased it. I had it on Game Pass. But since I don't have Game Pass anymore, and then it came in the Steam sale, and I'd seen, to be fair, Becky, I'd seen you playing it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I want to play it again. Yeah, I think I inadvertently got a few people back onto it by my <laughs> sudden uh, interest again. Sorry. Don't follow your friends on Steam. Yeah. Or, you know, PlayStation or whatever, but like Steam is the real bugger. Because now, every now and again, I'll be able to see what people are playing. And it'll be like, oh, I want to play that now. <laughs> no matter what I've been up to, it's, you know, new shiny thing, even if it's new, old, shiny thing. So Danny put me onto this one, um, a game called Monster Train. I don't know if you guys have come across it. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, my partner has streamed that for me, like, yes. just in Discord <laughs> for me to watch, showing me what it is. It looks so good. It is really fun. It's a lot shorter, I think, than Slay the Spire in terms of how long a run is. But there is, there's a lot of fun elements and it's quite a quirky setup. So you're basically on a train to try and relight the fires of hell and you have one spark left and your goal is to protect the spark. If you're interested in roguelites, cards and stuff like that, if you want to just, you know, get stuck into a new one that's maybe not as involved as Slay the Spire, that one's quite a good one. And the music's really fun. That's what I like most about it. Yeah, it's, it looks, it legit looks great. It's on my wish list. <laughs> Of course. I mean, yeah, what isn't on my wish list though? <laughs> you know. So yeah, anything you want to add before we get into the to the, the meat of it? Uh, I should probably mention some of these other games. So I, I think Celeste, Hades and Stardew have all been picked by people. So yeah. I, I kind of ruled those out, but any of those three could have been in like my top three. And then I think it was Hollow Knight's definitely one for me. That's... The only game on here that I think that's not just a pick-up-and-play game. Oh, um, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I, it's just... I find myself going back to it each year. Like, I feel like I just I just about forget about it, and then I go back into it, and I just fall in love with it again. Um, Rocket League as well, actually, was the other one, I think. It's obviously it's a slightly bigger game now, but um, I've been playing that for a few years, and I just... Again, just being able to pick up and just jump into a couple of games of Rocket League. Yeah, it's. I think it's probably the game I play the most, I reckon. Nice. I think sometimes if loads of people repeat the same indie games, there's a reason that things like Stardew and Hollow Knight, because um, obviously that was one of Orange's favourites as well, um, there's a reason these games come up time and time again, and it's because they're just that fucking good. Mm. 
There's no two bones about it, really. <laughs> Sometimes good games are just good. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, Celeste is obviously a personal favourite of mine. I know it's a personal favourite of Foxy's. Yeah, there's a reason that these games will come up time and time again. And when you see lists of like the best indie games of all time, honestly, it's usually not hugely surprising what you find, which mm. is why I actually much prefer to not go for those kind of lists because it's like, no, I want something new. I think they're really good gateway. <laughs> drugs oh as it were 100 percent a gateway <laughs> yeah and once like if you if you're looking to get into sort of the more independent gaming scene like absolutely start with those and then i think you easily spiral out from there once you found out kind of which styles you like and what you're looking for so talking of the actual playing of games then because that's smooth ass segue no Not. proud <laughs> what have we been playing over the last few weeks that we wanted to talk about i'm normally i'm all you know that we're excited about and stuff and that's the ideally the preference but i'm lowering the bar a little bit just in <laughs> case just in case there's been anything that we didn't quite love that's probably going to come up when i talk about some of the things i've been playing ben we'll start with you first what have you been playing well it's it's only positivity for me i think um love to hear it yeah so <laughs> mainly it's been two games that both that are both set in space but that's probably the only connection between them, I reckon. So the first one is called The Fermi Paradox. It's been in early access for a while now. And you basically, you, you basically play God. That's like, <laughs> I'm they call, interested. You, yeah, yeah, they, I think it's called A Galactic Gardener, but you are basically God and your job is to kind of guide as many, I think it's up to like 10 species across different galaxies like guide their civilizations, you know, through to a point where they can contact each other and I mean, I don't know what the end goal is. Once you've all met each other and you've all linked up. <laughs> yeah, I've only done it once. I've, I've been getting emails about it for, for a while. That's why I think it must have, been, must have been in early access for a while. I should have just checked this. But it was just like straight up my street when I saw it. So the, the way it kind of works is you have, I think it's assortment of kind of galaxies and through just time and little events that happen, species will kind of come up and you'll get basically the game's threat. You get like three choices which are like kind of a positive, neutral, and like a negative one, with each of them costing this. I did write it down, the currency. It's called synthesis that you collect, that allows you to, you know, make these positive choices. But the kind of like the stories that you can create are just ridiculous. I've wrote two down that have stuck with me since I played this game. I think I played this run through about a month ago. So I managed to get the dolphins as the dominant species on Earth. So, because when the choice came up, it was like some kind of aggressive dinosaur-like creature which would give me points to kind of spend elsewhere because it's like a disadvantage. Humans were the neutral option. I got nothing for humans. Oh, I could like spend my bank and get the dolphins in. So obviously, you know, <laughs> team dolphin. And obviously I was really all in on the dolphins. I was making sure I could do everything to make them succeed. They introduced a universal basic income after a few thousand years. So oh. every... And I know, just... I was so happy. I was so proud of them. They even went off into space. They did eventually. They all went extinct. It was quite sad. And yeah, oh. I know. But a few of them started worshipping sharks in this weird, like, cult, <laughs> which was also strange. <laughs> but yeah, so I had this. I had the dolphins on Earth. That was great. And then the other one, these are my, my favourite. I don't think I'm ever going to find a favourite civilization. They, I can't remember what they were called originally, but they became known as the Mind Smokers because I think they basically discovered some kind of space weed that 
when you smoked it, you could remember the whole conversation that you're having. So they turned these like shisha dens all over the world into like these intellectual hubs, you know, like it's in ancient Greece. It was a full on utopia. They invented some kind of weird space neon jazz music that they sent out. <laughs> they sent out across the entire galaxy. So after like a few thousand years, it reached the dolphins and they heard it and they were confused as fuck. They, were, they decided to send a ship off to try and attack them. <laughs> the stories that you can kind of create that I've managed to do so far have been so fun. And like I said, it's in early access, so I think it's going to keep getting better and there's going to be more stuff added to it. I have wishlisted. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so much shit. <laughs> it's so fun. You know, I, I know I mentioned before about really liking indie games that I can pick up and play. And that's because I think I like to have like some music on sometimes or like something on in the background as well. Mm. When I'm playing the Fermi Paradox, everything gets turned off and I'm just <laughs> all in. I'm just, okay, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on these dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> and your second game? Uh, my second game, which I've not had as much chance to play, mainly because I'm pretty bad at it so far, is called A Long Journey to an Uncertain End, which is this inclusive narrative space opera where you play a sentient spaceship on the run from your abusive ex and just the law uh, in general. So it's like a crew management game where you kind of, you're picking up this eclectic, kind of very diversely represented crew, going to planets and, you know, trying to get enough fuel and supplies to keep going and filling out little jobs all while there's like a clock at the top telling you how long, how how far away, how long away you know, your ex is. And so far I've been having a lot of fun with it, apart from the fact that it's I've just got such time blindness. <laughs> so just side note, you can name your ex or you can just choose to, you know, go with the placeholder name, which is what I did because that was Buttface, <laughs> which <laughs> feels playful enough, but also like, you know, Buttface. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. But yeah, you know, they're eight hours away and I'm just on a planet doing jobs and I just lose track of time and then they catch me. So I've got to then start again. <laughs> I have also wishlisted this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, again, a lot. It's. I think I will like it because I tend to like games sometimes that I'm I'm bad at. So it will like mm. make me focus a little bit this game because time, time just runs out very quickly. It does come up with a little beeper though, I've noticed. If I've just left it open and time's clocking down, it comes up with a little notification, which might have been that beeping sound. I was just going to say, just, was that the beeping sound before check, we started recording? Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. So the mystery <laughs> the mystery continues. But yeah, a, a long journey to an uncertain end. It's by um, a studio called Crispy Creative, who I had a look into him, and it's kind of former Obsidian and Telltale devs. Oh, nice. Yes, and it's just obviously... It has got um, a little bit of a feeling of, like, it's like a visual novel, but, like, there's a little bit of, like, Kator in. I think Obsidian did Kator too. Some of the outcomes are very like dice rolly or percentage based. Obsidian did Pillars of Eternity as well, which is a lot of sort of D and D type yeah. mechanics. Yeah, I think they did. Maybe, they might have done that Fallout game that everyone likes, New Vegas, I think as well. But obviously, I know Telltale. You know, we're well known for doing like the narrative games. There was the beep. Um, <laughs> Andy, edit that out. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, the, they definitely know what they're doing. And from what I've played so far, it seems like a really fun, very inclusive adventure that I think is going to touch on some topics that games don't normally deal with. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with those. I like it. Those are like the sort of games. Sorry, I'd seen both of those because it's been Steam Next. So I'm pretty sure I'll have seen it on various lists due to it being Steam Next. 
Fest, or it has been Steam Next Fest in the past month. And neither of those, I have to admit, neither of them looked like my thing, but I'm more intrigued now after hearing someone talk about them. And this is the danger and also the great love of indie games that comes from me, right? It's because <laughs> it really diversifies what I tend to play. Although, you know, I am a person that you, you would struggle to pinpoint like any specific genre or type of game. And I largely believe it's because of indie games, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you are very eclectic in both taste and personality. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment entirely. Oh, it absolutely is. No, absolutely is. So Becky, what have you been playing? So a couple of things. So Slay the Spire obviously was mentioned, but I was kind of really struggling just to get stuck into something. So I played a bit of Slay the Spire and then the Steam sale happened, which is a very dangerous time (laughs) in anyone's lives. And mm-hmm, I came mm-hmm. across um, the Room series of games, which I played as an app back in the day. I played the first one and loved it. And it's this kind of Lovecraftian puzzle game. It's like steampunky. There's lots of like boxes and patterns and things to solve. And, you know, you pull a switch here and something else happens and you have to find something to fit into this device to make it light up to set off the next chain of events and it's just really kind of intricate and beautifully designed and really pretty to look at and I saw they were in the sale I think I got the first four games for like four quid so I replayed the first one could not remember a single thing about it so some of the puzzles that I know for a fact took me ages to solve last time around also took me ages to solve this time around because I can see them sometimes it's one of those things like a magic eye picture like sometimes you're staring and staring and staring and you just cannot see it for the life of you and then others you look straight at it and you're like oh got it cool but then I saw that the Room 2 was there as well, so I bought this whole bundle and carried on playing the Room 2, which kind of expands the lore of the room and what's going on around it. I've got three and four to play next, and then the fifth one came out as a VR game, so who knows when I'll get to play that, because I, ju- I feel very dangerous around VR. I can barely control my limbs as it is, so I feel like, you know, pretending to be in a game and having limbs externally, it's, it's just going to be a disaster. But then the other one that I spotted, and it was recommended to me ages ago, and I'd kind of forgotten about it, is Graveyard Keeper, where you are a graveyard keeper and your job is to manage this graveyard and you can recruit zombies to help you out with all your tasks. And there's kind of a weird mystery about where you've come from and there are all sorts of different factions vying for power. There's an Inquisition who are obsessed with burning people. There's a bishop who's obsessed with himself um, and trying to like use you to to big up the church in the in the town. There's a witch living in the swamp, a mysterious astrologer who just strokes his beard whenever you're talking to him, which really makes me laugh. And it's kind of a cross between low-key gothic horror and Stargy Valley, which is so my niche, I can't even begin to describe it. So yeah, I've I bought it day before yesterday and I have played no, I bought it yesterday. And I'm now sitting nearly at 20 hours. So that should probably... (laughs) Oh, 17 hours. It's not quite as bad as all that. But that should probably indicate quite how into this game I am. And it's just, it's my sense of humour completely. It's like really dry. Um, There's lots of punning. So the DLC that you can get is Better Call Soul. Game of Stone, I think it's called. I can't remember what the other one is now. And yeah, I'm obsessed. And I was playing it right up until just before we started recording. And was like, no, oh. <laughs> like I have to stop. 
this is how much I love you all, is I stopped playing this game for you guys. Thank you for your sacrifice. It's it's a big sacrifice. <laughs> it's one of those games where when I saw it on Steam, I was like, if that isn't a Becky game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it absolutely looks 100% your shit, and I'm thrilled that that has turned out to be true. Yeah, oh, 100%. I re- when I recruited my first zombie, I was ecstatic. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I have zombie minions. <laughs> and there's a whole dungeon I've got to investigate as well at some point. Which, uh, yeah, so there's a bit kind of like the mines in Stardew, it's got that kind of feel. Mm. See, so there's a little bit of combat as well, which is cool. Genuinely thrilled. And it's the sort of game where you can say, I'm doing this and without any context, it's really troubling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, you know, just grinding up some bones, just oh, grinding Becky, up some why? bones, carving up some flesh to make into burgers for the Inquisition. You know, <laughs> standard. <laughs> just, just, just normal graveyard yeah. keeping. Yeah, just you know, you know, normal shenanigans. Also, the, the most hilarious thing is like I run the church, so I give sermons and stuff as well. And there's <laughs> one that's just pleading for donations. <laughs> Amazing. Just, every time I use it, it just makes me laugh. That it's like, yeah, woo, the church. Now give me money. <laughs> yeah it's a lot more honest well yeah yeah exactly you know a lot of churches but yeah the more i unfold like as i get down so there's various different skill trees one devoted entirely to to keeping the cemetery in the graveyard and i find i'm nearly uh, like at the point where i can unlock embalming and i'm so excited about that (laughs) so um, it's making me like consider do i did i actually want a career in in you know undertaking wow (laughs) <laughs> no i don't i don't what no it was more like as well given the other stuff like becky how worried do we need to be right now <laughs> don't worry <laughs> if i ever enter your body i won't carve it up first uh thanks that is a one-up pod guarantee <laughs> good 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 to have good to keep <laughs> on yeah. hand in case one of us needs it yeah no that's fair that's fair it's so good guys <laughs> <laughs> So I'm struggling with do I do I start on the positives or do I start on the less positives? So I played a handful of games and I mean Cult of the Lamb has still had me in its grip, been fully, fully obsessed, although I've sort of slowed down a little bit now because I completed the main game. So now I'm very much in DLC and if I want to keep going territory. But I also got keys for two games that I mentioned last month so I need to be really careful about what I mention at the end of the pod for what you know so that people want to give me more games (laughs) for free (laughs) you know may as well be honest about that no I'm sort of kidding but one of the games that I got if you listened to June's indie showcase you may remember me talking about a little game called Tiny Thor which was pitched as you know a pixel platformer you are Thor but like child I guess coming of age teenage Thor and it's your birthday in the very first level and you get gifted Mew 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 Mjolnir for those who don't get that somewhat niche joke and the way you use the hammer to either whether it's navigating whether it's you know beating the shit out of things you come across or whatever it plays it's like a really cool extra tool. At the time, I was like, oh, it's giving me all of those Celeste vibes, but it's also Thor. So I was super, super into it. And look, I may have only completed like one, two levels. 
so far, but I wasn't wrong. It's incredible. It genuinely looks like the sort of platformers that I played on the SNES. It really, really reminds me of those kind of games, but you know, obviously with a bit more, like you can do more now, right? With games, so there, mm. it's a bit more sophisticated. The only thing is, it's fucking hard as nails. I've got to my first boss or mini boss and the speed with which I need to move. And I don't know if it's cause when I'm on PC, I'm using an Xbox controller, which I'm just not as familiar with. Even now, after how long I've had this PC, I'm still not great with an Xbox controller because to be fair, I mostly play that MMO that I play a lot of (laughs) (laughs) and I don't use a controller for that. So playing controller games on PC is still an adjustment for me. I don't know if that's it or if it is just that it's fucking tough as nails. But I can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't beat the boss. It's not to say I won't try again, but for now I was like, no, I need to be like good at something. I need to feel like I could achieve something. The other game that I, I got a key for was Fall of Porcupine, the sort of the platformer puzzler that was giving all of those Night in the Woods vibes, but where you played a pigeon called Finley, who instead of you know, moving back home has actually moved away from home and is settling in to work in a hospital. Like he's a newly minted doctor. I know that's not how they phrase it, but I can't remember how you phrase it. (laughs) So he was a newly minted doctor. Newly qualified. Sure. (laughs) Let's go with that. I like minted though. Like they're fresh pressed. (laughs) I really, really wanted to like it. I did. Right. And I am intending to go back. I truly am. However, and when I was playing it, I came across a game-breaking bug mm. that I couldn't get past. Like, as in, I closed the game and I reopened the game and it still wasn't working. I can't remember what the bug was now for the life of me because, like, I played this before it came out. So, like, in early June. Um, since it came out on the 16th of June, I think we're on, like, the sixth patch. <laughs> Christ. So, at this point, I'm sort of just waiting for it to, you know, not be constantly getting patched. <laughs> for it to be some semblance of like a stable game it has sadly got like it's got like a 76 like a mostly positive rating on steam which i hate to see on indie games but it's also not entirely unfair because it was buggy as shit Mm. another thing as well for me so when i said it has all of those night in the woods vibes right it's it's almost it's almost a rip-off in some respects. Mm. Like, you know, there's great to do homage and stuff. Like, it's been so aggressively advertised as having that look and feel, right? So the art style is very similar. The backgrounds are very similar. The way you traverse is basically the exact same. But the weird thing was, in the sort of two hours that I played, I was like, the whole time I was playing it, I was like, I'd rather be playing Night in the Woods. (laughs) Mm. I think that's the issue. That's the danger you run when you make something that's so so similar to something that's kind of you know being critically really well received or not even just critically right night in the woods is one of those games that's generally quite well received across the board yeah but like certainly this was a game that was marketed at fans of that without being you know by the same studio or anything and like they have they've absolutely hit that right look and that right feel but without it quite being as good but, you know, the bugs and stuff could have really impacted my feel on that anyway, because, like, no one likes to play something that's so buggy that it's not playable. So we'll see. As I said, I'm genuinely intending on going back from reviews I have seen. Like, it's not a super long game, eight, ten hours at most. So, you know, I think maybe 
when it's simmered down a bit it'd be something that I can just sort of knock out in a day kind of thing if I can get past the puzzles because I've also heard that some of the puzzles are really hard <laughs> which when it's like meant to be a bit of a cozy type game difficult puzzles are not always what you want no it's got potential I think maybe it'd be interesting to see what people are saying about who've maybe not played Night in the Woods but yeah this more than anything is cemented into my head that studios it doesn't matter whether you're an indie studio or a triple a studio just don't release games that aren't ready yeah it's it's really tough because it sounds like the the kind of the general stuff is all there but it's it's not refined enough i mean to be on six patches in a few weeks or even less than a few weeks it just feels like you know that's what early access is for if you wanted to release the game and you needed the the kind mm. of the impetus whilst acknowledging that there were still things that needed to be refined you know i think it's just such a shame because it's it's developers shooting themselves in the foot and i understand that there are obviously cost implications and you know all kinds of other pressures that are going on behind the scenes that we are unlikely to know at the other end of the production line but yeah it just i it just feels like such a self-sabotage it's sad when it kind of sets itself up to fail in that way yeah completely but in spite of what i just said there about if you're playing cozy games but you don't want to be challenged too much when you're playing cozy games i'm gonna essentially go back on everything i just said there (laughs) classic sasha i'm nothing if not in direct opposition of myself (laughs) much of the time the other game that i became fully obsessed with for about three hours because honestly that's how long it was was cats organized neatly Oh my god, did I just get drawn into this weird little game that even when it's not in the I got it in the Steam Summer Sale, but it even when it's not in the Steam Summer Sale, it's only like it's less than five pounds. So in the Steam Summer Sale, I got it for like one pound something. So like even for that price, I'm always gonna be like, you're never really gonna be complaining about the game in reality. However, it's eighty levels. Holy crap. Yeah, there's a lot of levels. That's a eighty lot of game. levels. Thirty different cat shapes if you like tetris or oh crap we actually have the board game upstairs but it's like a board game version which is essentially just where you've got set wooden shapes and you have to fit them into five by five square or whatever oh yeah Mm. it's literally one of those so like when you start there's like multiple ways you can do it but you know by the time you're at level 80 there's only certain ways you can do it it reaffirmed that i am quite a visual thinker visual learner because honestly up to about level 50 i was flying through them but it was wasn't even like things that I'd be practicing massively. I was just chucking the cats on there and it would just work. <laughs> and a part of me was like, it's honestly the dopamine hit I was getting from it. I was like, oh my god, I'm so smart. <laughs> it's not, it's just it's I'm literally just a visual person and it just it just worked. It just worked for me. So yeah, I played and completed that. I got the I've literally hundred percented it, like trophy wise <laughs> or achievement wise. So I got that little dopamine hit as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it was an excellent three hours. A genuinely three, four hours. Genuinely can't complain. I think it's great. It's so cheap and so charming. And they have another one called Dogs Organized Neatly, which I assume is the exact same thing, but dogs. <laughs> so if you're a dog or a cat person. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the true binary of the world. Like you're a dog person or a cat person. The other thing I love, by the way, was the Bossa Nova soundtrack in the background. <laughs> Like, sure, why not? Yeah. Bossa Nova soundtrack with all the cats have like a different little meow when you like clicked on them. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it's just, it's just super fucking cute and yeah, charming as heck. That one I definitely can recommend. 
if that's your thing at I've, all. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> this episode has been really bad for me, guys. <laughs> But seriously, like at the like less than one pound fifty, like it's oh, yeah, so like, worth it. Is that how much it is? Yeah, it's like one one thirty nine at the moment. That feel I'm gonna save that I think for like when the weather gets bad and I can curl up and get cozy. Oh well, to Ben's point earlier, of it's one of those that you definitely probably could jump in and out of. Mm. I just started and then fifty levels had happened. <laughs> Yeah, but I also know what I'm like having put 17 hours into Graveyard Keeper. If I like it, I'm going to do the same thing. (laughs) There's no saving that kind of game. That happens. Yeah, no, there isn't. There isn't. (laughs) Yeah, so that that was... It's nice to end on a big win. Yeah. I suppose. So June has been a pretty uh, intense month, to be fair. If you're an indie, an indie scenester, I've decided, because we were Ooh. talking about indie scene earlier. I was like, if you're an indie scenester, there was Steam Next Fest, obviously, that was stacked to the rafters with demos, if you're a demos person. There was Wholesome Direct, which is probably one of my favourite indie game festivals, alongside Ludo Naricon. That wasn't this month, that was the month before. But if you like your demos and stuff, like you will have eaten well <laughs> in June alongside, of course, now it is the Steam Summer Sale, which I have some 300 games in my wish list. Out of, out of all of them, other than games that weren't out yet, every single game in my wish list was on sale bar 10. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> the Sasha Summer Sale, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's such a comprehensive sale. So, you know, I got like five games for less than £30, which felt pretty good. And to be fair, I might end up dabbling again before the end. We'll see. <laughs> but in in that sort of, you know, what is it we're looking forward to? Becky, what are a couple of games that, I, I don't know, maybe you saw them in one of the festivals. Maybe it's just, you know, these are some games, you know, are coming out that you're like, these are things I have my eye on. Yeah. So one of them, I don't know if it has a release date yet. And I should have asked Danny before we did this, my partner. So full disclosure for wanting to avoid any kind of Gamergate shenanigans on a very small scale. Danny, my partner, did work on this game. But had he not, I would have still wanted to play it anyway. And it's a game called Corpo Nation the sorting process which was in the steam next fest and it's this orwellian influenced sorting game where you are an employee for the ringo corporation and you have a job to sort samples and eventually someone who wants you to help them sabotage the samples talks to you and you have a decision to make as to whether you tow the company line or whether you help out but there's a balance to be struck between you know helping out or sabotaging because you know one way or the other if you go too far one way it's going to cause issues there's a really cool fighting mini game and you have like little points to spend so you can decorate your very like little room and it's quite similar to papers please that sort of vibe Death and Taxes, which is an indie, a little indie game I played earlier in the year, which I love, where you play a Grim Reaper and have to decide who dies. I can recommend that. I meant to mention it at the top and forgot. So yeah, so I've played the demo for Corpo Nation and it's really engrossing and it's 
really cool kind of blue and grey art style and nice and pixely and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to playing the full game when that comes out because I turned around to Danny when I first played the demo and was like, I need the game. I need, I need it now. So yeah, so there's that one. As for another one, I don't actually have any ones that are coming up soon. They're just ones that I've got on my wish list that I've been keeping an eye out for. And the other one is called Baladins, which is like a D&D inspired cartoon RPG uh, which is really cool. So you decide things on a throw of a dice and you have to talk to people and you can only move a certain amount per turn. So, you know, things are happening in the background around you as you're moving and things like that. And it's just really cute. I recommend looking that up because it's a really cute art, st- art style. And especially if you like D&D, it's very much that kind of vibe of kind of cute, chaotic shenanigans. So yeah, so those are my two picks. Nice. On your recommendation of Coronation, that did hit my wish list pretty quickly. Yeah, I will say, <laughs> Baladins is actually already on my wish list as well. I found that I think we found that ages ago because I know Chip mm. streamed the demo when that was available. And what about you, Ben? What's some stuff you're hyped for? So I've not managed to play any demos mainly because my PC is pretty bad and I've been away. But I did, I did catch the wholesome direct and some of the Steam stuff. Shock, some of the things that I picked out are roguelikes. <laughs> so there's a game called Let's Revolution, which I was just interested in as soon as I saw it. So it kind of looks like, I can't, what's it called? Is it Carcassonne, the, mm. the board game? It looks a little <laughs> bit like that mixed with um, Glintstone, which was a mobile game that came out on Switch a while back. It's like this roguelike, it's like hide and seek. Kind of like, you know, like a more advanced version of Minesweeper, I think. You know, you kind of like, you've got loads of unflipped tiles and you're trying to find a certain thing in each one. I didn't really get much more of it than that, but it looked completely my kind of jam. Board games, you know, roguelike, just, I could sink hours into that, I think. It does, I've seen that one. The art style's really cool. Yeah, it just kind of grabbed me straight away. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then, you know, once I read a little bit more into it, it got more interesting, so that's going to be wishlisted at some point. I think there's another roguelike that I saw called Evolings, which is a very different kind of, I think it's like a turn-based game. It's very, completely different art style. It's more pixel-based, looks very cute, like kind of like pixel Cult of the Lamy vibes, but like very stripped back, minimalist. There was one more. Oh, there was a game called Toaster Bowl, <laughs> which was basically just, I think you've got two toasters at either end of a 2D screen and you're just playing different sports, which looked very silly and very fun. So that that grabbed my attention. I was like, I can play this with like my little brothers and sisters and they'll love it. But yeah, that was that's me, I think. Let's Revolution is coming up. It's coming out in July. But all the others I think are a little bit further down the line. They do sound really cool. I think this is like it's a thing where like the amount of indie games that I hear about and I'm like, they sound really cool, even if they're like not my thing. I will always play like demos and stuff like that for stuff where it's like, hmm, I'm not really sure, but it's getting like really good buzz. Especially if like my friends and stuff recommend it to me i always say it's much like comics right whatever your flavor of video game there will be something out there for you in the indie scene so for me i have actually quite quite the little list so strap in folks i'm braced (laughs) you're braced uh well first of all i am super super hyped for it's about a week 10 days away i think at time of recording but it's soon is oxen free 2 yes so when i saw I think Becky, I think maybe we were watching it last year. One of the PlayStation Next or mm. Nintendo Next or something Next. <laughs> but it was like one last year, I think, where we were literally watching it together when the trailer came for this, possibly. I know we certainly talked about it when it mm. came out because we'd only recently finished Oxen 3 1. Yes, yeah. Both of us. So I'm 
very excited for Oxenfree 2. I ended up loving the first one a lot more than I expected to, especially because it gets off to like a really slow start. Yeah, it's quite a slow burn, but then by the time, you know, you've played it through, and especially if you play it through more than one time, and it it all starts to reveal itself, I'm like, yes, I am here for it. (laughs) But no, my things that I'm hyped for, my games that I'm hyped for, comes from Wholesome Games. So last year I did it, possibly the year before, but I know for last, for sure last year I did it. So I'm going to do it again, my top five from Wholesome Games. Don't know when they're out for several of them. However, we start with Manita's Kitchen. It's a cooking game. Think a bit like Overcooked and those kind of things. However, it's more story-based, visual novel-based. And you are Trixie Toe, who is a T-Rex <laughs> that dreams of becoming the best pizza maker in the world. And that's, that's the whole game. You are making pizza there's like a rhythm game element to it as you like you know you're cutting your ingredients and things and you might get hire your other dino pals to help out in the kitchen because you know you have tiny arms (laughs) my absolute favorite thing about indie games is how unhinged some of them are (laughs) and that's truly ultimately at its essence what i'm here for i think that's why cult of the lamb captured me so specifically (laughs) Because of how fucking unhinged it is. <laughs> so that's Manitas Kitchen. Uh, Mirth Island is a wholesome adventure. You play a young duck who's sad and does not want to feel sad anymore. So he packs his bags, sets sail on a rickety boat for Mirth Island. And you wander around meeting all the weird characters that live on this island. Visually, in terms of the graphics, it massively reminds me of a short hike. Mm. I did check and it isn't the same people. It's actually the people who made Teacup, which was one of my favourites from last year. So that's nice. But it massively reminds me of that. I just, I like anything that's like a really chill adventure. And it looks like it's going to be another one of those that's going to be like a short hike is another one of those games that's like five, six hours at most. It's literally a sit down in one afternoon and do it type Mm. thing. And sometimes those experiences, I think, are just really pretty. So I'm looking forward to that. There is then Maniko's Night Market. That's out in September of this year. It's a narrative-driven social sim, but it's uh, it's very much celebrating Japanese culture. And the art style is heckin' lush. It's something I'm super into. And, you know, it features cats. So (laughs) you're already onto a winner with me. If you're like, oh, my game also has cats. All right, then. Cool. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, because it's been pushed by Humble, I don't know if Humble will have anything to do with it, but it's very much been pushed by them. If, you know, you want any sort of idea of the pedigree associated with that particular one. Fourth on my list is Guardian of Nature. It's an exploration puzzle game, an adventure game. You play botanist Henry as he goes on a magical journey to save the mother tree. It's another one of those where the art style is heckin' stunning and you have an ability where you can change in size so you can get teeny tiny or like embiggen yourself to be (laughs) super large and there's nature and there's like cool puzzle elements and you kind of have to go around putting nature back in order looks um another one of those sort of really cute ones and then finally and becky i think this will be particularly interesting to you i should pique your interest is tiny bookshop Ooh. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> the premise reminds me a little bit of stardew and it's like a life sim management game so becky seriously i think it's yeah, very no, your I'm, thing I'm sold. 
<laughs> you basically leave your entire life behind to open a tiny bookshop by the sea. Oh my god. It's described as an ambient narrative management game. So, you know, you stock your tiny bookshop with books and items and you it's like a little caravan on the back of your car. So you move around <laughs> the town, get Sorry. to know the locals, get to know what they like so you can make sure you're stocking things that they might like. It's like I get to live all of my librarian dreams vicariously <laughs> through also having a bookshop by the sea. So I definitely wanted to finish on that one because I knew that Becky would be like, I'm right, nearly okay, overwhelmed huh? by how much I want to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I do have one more to add myself if you're done. Yeah, 100%. That was fifth. So please go. Snuffkin, Melody of Moomin Valley. Oh my God, yes. Yes, I'm so excited about this. I love the Moomins um, so much. And I saw they were making a Snuffkin game and it's in combination with Sigurus. So it's lots of musical adventure stuff. And the art style is so Tova Jansen. It looks so good. Yeah, and I love the Moomins. And honestly, if I get to have an interaction with Little Mai, who is my personal, like the book character who is most like me, she is small and angry. I will just pass out with glee. <laughs> Yeah, I, there's another one. So as soon as it came out, I was like, oh my god, that's so Becky! I know! <laughs> <laughs> but also like Super Me as well, because I love the moving comics. Yeah, um, Danny found out about it first, and Kit like, literally came like, barreling in. <laughs> like, they're doing a moving <laughs> game! So yeah, I'm very excited. It's, it's part of me saying that July felt like a light month stuff coming out and it is because not many of these games actually come out yeah, in july like, specifically yeah it's be so nice to still be like oh but i'm super excited about all the things <laughs> and it means we can check back in as well when these games come out which will be really nice yeah hopefully not too many um fall of porcupine experiences yeah it will break my heart a little bit People that know me and know I used to review comics back in the day, and I should I see I I started sorry just as an aside I started with Queen's English there or like whatever, <laughs> and re- reverted into Yorkshire halfway through that because my instinct is still to be like back in there. Back in day. Uh, so I said I said back in back in the day. <laughs> anyway, sorry that can be cut out. I don't know. Um. <laughs> Back in back in there, I used to review comics, and I always think the most heartbreaking thing is when you can't find anything particularly positive about something from the indie scene. Because indie publishing is hard enough without people who haven't spent, you know, probably months, if not years, of their lives doing it coming in and saying, it's not that good though, is it? Mm. But also, like, I don't want to lie either. So yeah, I will give Fall of Porcupine another go at some point. Just to say that, and please don't be put off just by something that I've said. I also think everyone should try things for themselves, because what isn't for me might be for somebody else. For instance, Rocket League, because Ben, as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, ew. But, (laughs) 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 But, you know, you do you, my friend. I adore you all the same. But yeah. Ew. Yeah, I just play. I don't like. I don't talk to anyone. I have the chat turned off, and it makes it a, a much more fun experience. Yeah, this is probably <laughs> the way to play Rocket League. Just ignore everyone. Yeah, close my DMs on Xbox. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're wrapping up then. I've been Bash. I I am Bash. I was gonna say you still are Bash. <laughs> I go. Yeah, I've not. I've not stopped being Bash. <laughs> I'm Bash at Demonhead on things. Becky, where can people find you? I am Becky Grace Lee on Instagram and maybe Twitter if it's still alive by the time this episode goes out. Who knows? Uh, 
And Ben, yourself? On Twitter, if it's, yeah, if it's still going. Otherwise, on Instagram, at Duke of Ben Ingham. And we have been the One Up Podcast. We are at One Up Pod on most social media platforms and your podcast platform of choice. If you liked this episode or you like what we do, don't forget to give us a review and a subscribe. And thank you for listening. Don't forget, get a life and play video games.